the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Adoption, that unique act of making someone your own. Let's talk about that next. Adoption, an amazing process whereby parents take on children and make them their own. Give them their own name. And indeed, that is what you and I have experienced from the God of this universe. He's given us his name, and thereby we have the spirit of adoption. The Apostle Paul talks about that in Romans chapter 8, verses 12 and 17 specifically. And today, here on Times of Refreshing, we'll do the same. Won't you join us? From the Well, a Christian community here in Livermore, California, we would invite you to join us for this Thursday edition of Times of Refreshing. Here now is Pastor Napoleon Kaufman. He says in verse 13, for if you live according to the Spirit, you will die. But if by the Spirit, capital S, the Holy Spirit, you put to death the deeds of the body or your old sinful nature, he says you will live. So this tells me there is an internal struggle that daily I have to deny the old Napoleon Kaufman and allow the Spirit of God to lead me. And that means in every area. A lot of times we're thinking that it's just a sin issue. Did you know that your perspective could be fleshly? Or the way that you process information could be fleshly. The way in which you communicate can be fleshly. Can I have an amen? The way that we... You know, relate to people can be fleshly. Some people are fear-based. Everything they see is like God sending the children of Israel to look at the land. And ten come back, say one thing, and two come back, they have a different perspective. But everybody saw the same thing. But what happens is, the goal is to, to, to not allow our flesh to get a hold of us, but to, to get the Holy Spirit to do such a work in us that we're seeing through God's view and perspective, not just our own. So he says here, but if we, he says in verse 13, but if by the Spirit you put to, to death the deeds of the body, perspective, everything, he says you'll live. And then he says this in verse 14. He says, for as many as are led. Somebody say led. That means if God is asking you to be led by him, then you really don't know where you're going. So you need God to tell you where to go so you can get to where you want to go. He says these kinds of people that are led by the Spirit of God, he says these are the sons of God. So built into sonship is this aspect of submission and yielding to him that all of us are going to have to grasp if we're really going to walk with God. Because you and I don't know where we're going. God has to tell us. But built into sonship is this aspect of us yielding to God because you and I don't really know where we're going. These kind of people are the people that the Bible says are the true sons of God. See, 
Knowing everything isn't a sign of, sh- of sonship. Submitting to God who knows everything and, is, and being willing to be led by God, this is a sign of sonship. It's a sign of maturity when we get up and we start to say, God, I need you to lead me today. I don't know where I'm going today. What you got on the agenda for me today? I thought I knew I was going. I messed it up five times. Why don't you tell me where to go? And this is a sign that, you know what? Not that I'm just a Christian, but I'm truly becoming what? A son of God. A child of God. And see, but what happens is a lot of times, a lot of times what we do is, is we relate to God and we, we try to look at it in terms of how we relate in the natural to our parents. There is a point in time when you have to get up with your parents and it's time for you to get out the house and they kick you out. Bam! They kick you out and you got to go out and do your own thing and run your own life. But you know what? You're, you're never going to be in a position where you don't need God. We have to be led by him. Amen? He says in verse 15, For you did not receive. Now here it is. The spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption. He says the spirit of adoption. He says the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out Abba Father. So it's the Holy Spirit who is the spirit of adoption. It's through him that we get the revelation. It has to become revelation and not just informational. It becomes revelation on the inside of us because he says in verse 16, for the spirit himself, capital S, bears witness with our spirit, lowercase s, my human spirit, that I am a child of God, that we are children of God. So knowing that God is my father is a matter of revelation, not just information. Something has, the light has to go on within us. That God is my father. That God is on my side. No matter what happens in life, that God is my father. And he has, he has adopted me through my relationship with Jesus Christ. This word adoption is powerful. It says adoption in the New Testament figuratively meaning adoption sonship spoken of the state of those whom God through Christ adopts as his sons. And thus makes heirs, heirs of his covenanted, he says, salvation. So that means deliverance, freedom from the world, from the devil, and then also from my old edemic nature. And this is a matter of covenant. Through me saying yes to Jesus Christ, I've entered into covenant, and now I have received the Holy Spirit, who is the spirit of adoption. He brings revelation within me that you know what? You are a son of God. You are a child of God. But then it takes it a step further as I look at the definition of this word. It says, Paul in these passages is alluding to a Greek and Roman custom rather than a Hebrew one. He said, since this Greek word was a technical term in Roman law for an act that had specific, now watch this, legal and social effects. And so legally... When the Holy Spirit came into your life, you were adopted. So in the kingdom of God, you are known as a child of God. It's not just an earthly thing. And this is it. Stop trying to allow people to define who you are. What has God said about you concerning your identity? What has he said concerning your identity? 
He says you have been adopted. And this is a legal term. It's already written. It's already been established. There's no higher court than his court. I don't care what the devil says. I don't care what your friends say. I don't care what anybody has to say about who you are in God. If God has given you his Holy Spirit, you're willing to be led by his spirit. The Bible says you have been adopted and from a legal standpoint, from the highest court that has ever existed in the, in the, in, in the existence of existence. He says, you're a child of God. It says it's legal, but it says, and it says it had an, had this specific legal and social effects. Now, this is another step that we have to understand in terms of this. Because legally, I know that I'm a son of God. I have the spirit of adoption. But now, it says social effect. This means that there's something different about our nature, our character, the way in which we go about living our lives. Just not only in the storm, but in the, the high time. Whatever it is, what happens is it should have a social effect on how you conduct your affairs in life. And how you live your life. I'm just going to tell y'all, there should be something different about us based on the relationship that we have with Jesus. Saints, don't apologize for that. It says, there is much probability that Paul had some reference to that in his use of the word. Adoption, when thus legally performed, and we see this through Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, our willingness to accept it, repent of our sins, and walk with Christ... It has been legally performed for us. He says, put a man in every respect, now watch this, in the position of a son by birth, by birth to him, who had adopted him, so that he possessed the same rights and owed the same obligations. Being a son or adopted involves the conformity of the child that has the life of God in him to the image, purposes, and interest of God and that spiritual family into which he is born. He says in eternity there will be a revelation by God which will indicate the measure of this conformity, he says to God. So this is powerful when we think about it, saints. There's no way that we can truly, as Christians, live out the realities of this if, number one, we don't catch hold of the revelation. And then be willing to go through the process whereby God detoxes us from our old way of thinking and way of living so that now we're truly conforming because you know what I have been born into a new family and God ultimately he is now my father do we really see that man God is my father man God is my father when it's all said and done I'm a child of God God is my father do we we really and are we position ourselves before God where we're saying God give me more of this revelation that, that, that you are, that you're my father. The Holy Spirit has come into our lives to convince us of that, not here. Because you're going to battle in your mind. You're going to fight in your mind. The devil's going to tell you stuff that, that, that's going to try to bring confusion. But as sometime, sometimes something clicks and in your, the depths of your knower, 
Because the Holy Spirit is bearing witness with your spirit. He didn't say with your mind. Because your mind can play tricks on you. But when you know down on the, in the deep, in the depths of your spirit, because God is in place and implanting the revelation through and by the Holy Spirit, something in you clicks. And it causes all of us to live our lives a different way. To relate to people a different way. Whew, I just feel this right now. To live our, to conduct the way in which we process information a different way. Because we know that at the end of the day, I'm a child of God. I'm a child of God. Saints, we've got to get this revelation. And I think this is one of the main reasons why we have so much. And I'll just say it. We have so much of a purpose-driven mentality going on. Where everything's a grind just to find out what God's asking me to do. What am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to do? At some point in time, it's not, we realize, it's not just about what I'm called to do. Until I get this right. And what you're going to do is going to change. But, but does your state change? I'm a child of God. And as a child of God, if God wants me to sit down over here on the bench for a while and just chill out and hang out and do nothing, I can do that. If God wants me to travel all over the world and preach the gospel, do things, I could do that too. If God says, hey, I want you just to sit over here and, hey, you just chill out with your wife, and I could do that. God, whatever it is, because I'm not looking for those things to define who I am. I know who I am in God. So whether I'm working... At a church, whether I'm working at Chevron or where I'm working for the Raiders, where I'm working for in and out if I'm working wherever, that's not defining me. Because what defines me is what I find here in Romans chapter 8. That when it's all said and done, I'm a child of God. Well, Christianity has become so much like American Idol. Who's going to be the next star? Who's going to blow up? And we have people in the church competing to see who's going to do the most. And whoa, I can do it. And we want the lights and the camera and the action and, and all the stuff. And we think church is about that. But saints, at some point in time, we stop and we just say, man, you know, what is it all? You know, at the end of the day, his spirit is bearing witness with my spirit that I'm just a child of God. Now, out of that, I'm going to do a lot of things. And, and, and I may do things for a season. I may not do things for a season. I don't know. It, it, at some point in time, it doesn't really... That's not the focus. The focus is, are you being led by God? Because whomsoever is led by God, these are the children of God. And if you have God's spirit, then you have the spirit of adoption. And your heart should cry out, Abba, Father. Saints, I've had the privilege of preaching all over the planet. And it's sad to sit down because a lot of times... It's unfortunate that I honestly believe that the church is having an identity crisis. The church. The bride of Christ is having an identity crisis. I don't care what anybody says. It's an identity crisis. Because we think that we've got to be like the latest, greatest, who, that, what, do, what, who's, and get involved. And if you, man, you got to grind, man, you got to grind. God's saying, look. Well, can you just sit here and enjoy me and realize who you are in me? We're searching for identity instead of receiving what he's done through the power of his Holy Spirit. Amen? He says in verse 16, The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. Now watch this. And if children, then heirs. He says, then heirs. 
He says, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him, he says that we may also be glorified together. This word here in the Greek, an heir, is a person who has received an inheritance that's been divided to them by lot. Okay? And so, when it comes to our relationship with God, when it comes to us getting the revelation that I have been adopted, and realize that God didn't just stop there and say, you're adopted. He said, for every single person in this room, if you're a child of God, then you're an heir. And there is an inheritance that God is distributing to you by lot. According to your assignment, God will give the provision for everything that you need to get whatever it is done that he wants you to get done as you are a child of God. Can I have an amen? This is the mindset that God has. And realize that we are heirs. He says, join heirs with Christ. He says, if indeed that we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. Understand that Christianity, there is a suffering aspect of Christianity that we all have to embrace. And it's tied to us breaking away from the old so that we can embrace the new in God. And sometimes that's painful. When, you're, when, you're, when you want to do things the way you used to, but God's saying you can't do them anymore that way because you're not that person anymore because I gave you my spirit and I'm teaching you that you are a son or a daughter of God. Sometimes it's hard to let stuff go. And it's painful. And you have to go through the process. But God says that if we're willing to suffer with him, he says this stuff is, a, is available to us and it will also turn to us being eventually glorified together. Since everything in terms of you accomplishing anything that you need, realize that you're an heir of God and God, he will distribute according to lot, my lot, whenever is necessary. I will go to the grave trusting God in that matter because I didn't call myself, God called me. You didn't come to God, God came to you. You didn't write this, he wrote this. You didn't say it, he said it. And if he said it, we could take it to the bank. Can I have an amen? Now watch this, saints. Go to Proverbs chapter 30 and I want you to see this in relation to, to what I'm talking about because this word in, in heir, it means to, to possess an inheritance divided by lot. And I've shared this before years ago. But this passage of scripture has always been a blessing to me in life. It says here in verse 8. It says in verse 7. Let's look in verse 7. He says, two things I request of you. De- deprive me not before I die. He says, remove falsehood. And lies far from me. He says, give me neither poverty nor riches. He says, feed me with the food. Then he says, allotted to me. Allotted to me. And an an heir is a person who has received something by inheritance. But he says, as a result of inheritance, by lot. So, God specifically has an allotment for every person under the sound of my voice to do whatever it is that God has assigned for you to do on the planet. Think about this. This is what the Word of God is saying. He says, give to me that which is allotted to me. He says, feed me with the food allotted to me. Then he says in verse 9, lest I be fool and deny you and say, who is the Lord? 
or lest I be poor and steal and profane the name of my God. And so it is clear from the, 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 proverb, the writer of Proverbs here that his position was, I want what God has allotted to me. Nothing more, nothing less, what he's allotted to me. And thank God through Jesus Christ, because you have become an heir and have received the spirit of adoption, everything that you need is tied to that truth. Now, understand how God supplies that need is not your business. It's his business. And I'm not talking about just from a monetary standpoint. I'm talking about every area of your life. If you need more spiritual strength, God's got that for you. If you need more joy, there's an allotment for you. If you need more peace, everything you need through the Holy Ghost, God has a... Can I have an amen in here? But this is the... But you, we never tap into that as a Christian if we don't stop and say, it's got to start though with me realizing that I'm a son. And if I'm a son, then I'm an heir. And if I'm an heir, that means that I have an allotment. And if I have an allotment, that means that God is going to supply it. And if, if I... If, can I have an amen? If I have an alarm, then, then this is what happens. And, you, and then we begin to really live out Christianity. But it starts with sonship. Go to Galatians chapter 4. Look at verse 4. It says here, in verse 1, excuse me. It says, now I say that the heir, as long as he is a child, does not differ at all from a slave, though he is master of all. But as under guardians and stewards until the time appointed by the Father. Even so, we, when we were children, meaning before we know Christ or develop in our relationship, he says, we're in bondage under the elements of the world. Before Christ came. Before Christ came. He says here in verse 4, But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his Son, born of a woman, Born under the law, the law of Moses, to redeem those who are under the law. But that we might receive the adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying out, he says, Abba, Father. So now this once again is not a matter of our mind it's a matter of our heart and it's a matter of our spirit. It's an internal thing. And he says here in verse 7, Therefore, you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God, he says, through, through Christ. I want to read this again. And I hope everyone understands what I'm saying to me and everyone in this room. Saints, therefore, you are no longer a slave. Jesus did not die on the cross just so he can put you to work. Now, he may put you to work. Praise God. But Jesus did not die on the cross just so he could have another slave. Think about this. Because in Christianity, a lot of times, we equate relationship with God to what we're going to do for God. 
He says, you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, he says, they're an heir of God through Christ. If I'm a son, then I have something allotted to me. And if I have something allotted to me, then God's going to provide my allotment. As he sees fit to provide it when he needs to provide it. And every single person under the sound of my voice, I just want to let you guys know. As a Christian, it's time for us to get rid of this identity crisis that the church is going through. Saints, come out of it. Snap out of it. Don't measure yourself by what somebody else is doing for the kingdom. Measure yourself by what God is asking you to do when he asks you to do it. You're listening to Times of Refreshing with Pastor Napoleon Kaufman from The Well, a Christian community here in Livermore, California. As we close out our time together today, we invite you to reach out to us. Let us know that you're listening and this program is encouraging you on a daily basis. We'd love to hear from you. Now, there's a couple of ways you can reach out to us. By phone, of course, and that number is 925-292-7800. Again, 925 925- 292-7800. Or write to us, Times of Refreshing, 2333 Neeson Drive, Livermore, California. The zip code is 94551. While we would normally invite you to join us here on campus for worship services, we're not able to do that. So what we would invite you to do is join us online. Now, there are three ways you can do that. You can either visit our church app, and if you don't have that on your smartphone or your tablet, you're more than welcome to visit your favorite store and download it for free. Or go to our website, thewellchurch.net, or visit our YouTube channel for our weekly message, at 10.30 in the morning. Pastor Napoleon will share a message from the Lord just like he used to with his program, Hope of Glory. And we're praying and standing on his truth during this time and remembering God is in control. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Thank you again for spending time with us here today on Times of Refreshing. Until next time, God bless. God bless.